Welcome to the Source Studio Podcast. My name is Priscilla and I am your host. And I'm on a mission to help luxurious interior designers reclaim their precious time and elevate their services to turn their interior design business into a seven-figure company. How? Keep listening. Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. Today, I'm very, very excited to introduce my new guest. Hello, Shivani. How are you doing today? Priscilla, I am well. How are you? It's really good to be here. I am good. I hope I'm pronouncing your name right. My apologies if I'm not. No, you're fine. Yes, it's Shivani. It's like the Sarah of India. It's a very common name, um, but people get it wrong. It's understandable. Oh, I hate when I get names wrong because I don't like when people get mine wrong. <laughs> Sometimes I just have a hard time pronouncing names because, well, English is not my first language. Oh, no, no. <laughs> so I just fine. wanted to make sure. <laughs> you pronounced it really Yeah, well. I wanted to make sure. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. So your interior design business is called Studio Vias, or am I pronouncing that wrong? I think. <laughs> yes. No, that's right. Yep. Oh, okay. Oh, great. I got both right. Oh, <laughs> I'm surprised. Okay. So tell us a little bit about your business, a little bit of what you do, what kind of clients you serve, what you specialize in. We know that obviously you run an interior design business, but just let's get a little bit deeper into it. Yeah. So I have been an interior designer for almost five years. I own a boutique interior design studio in Macon, Georgia. It's called Studio Bias. And really my goal is to modernize traditional interior design. So I serve clients who appreciate timeless, elegant spaces. They don't want something that's trendy. They want something that's going to last for years to come and, and really be comfortable and in high quality. I'm also an editorial interior designer. So I write for several publications about interior design topics. Um, I've written for my domain. I currently write for Better Homes and Gardens. I've also written for The Spruce, Martha Stewart, Lena Magazine. And so I'm really passionate about just really all things interior design, spreading the word, helping people in article format about various dilemmas that they could face, how high to hang your artwork, or what should you know when you're painting your walls, you know, which kinds of things to consider. So really the topics can range from a whole variety. That is so cool. And I think it is beautiful, the concept that you are bringing to interior design, the timeless, but still modern. I really love how that sounds. Will you be able to give us like a little example of how maybe one of your designs looked like in the past or something? Oh, you know, that's a good question. So if I had to verbally explain it, one thing I love to do is incorporate colors of nature. So anything that soothes the soul, right? You know, blues and greens, colors like that. And also making sure that we're incorporating a lot of textures. Again, focus is comfort, long lasting material. So maybe it might be a velvet and or a faux version of velvet. Sometimes velvet, you'll find that in like a polyester or a performance fabric version. Also making sure that Every piece is really geared towards the client. So to give you an example, 
a recent project that I had done. Um, this was a guest bathroom and the client loved blue and green. And so we sourced a wallpaper that had this really beautiful wave. It was like a leaf motif that was repeated and it, it was in this flowing motion. So when you enter the bathroom, it almost feels like you're in this serene space and there's like this little bit of wind around you, you know, and then we painted the vanity a dark navy and we incorporated some gold bamboo sconces and a nice large mirror. So it really reflected the client's personality. But again, you know, making sure that we didn't do anything too over the top, it, it still felt elegant and timeless and classic and something that she could live in for years to come and, and use that space. That sounds literally gorgeous. I love blue too. And that sounds so, so, so nice. I love that. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm actually <laughs> photographing that project on Sunday. So I'll definitely share the photos with you. It's just such a lovely, relaxing space. And, and again, just with some color and wallpaper. And, you know, we were able to achieve that. So, yeah. I would love to see those pictures and I think you should post them on Instagram too because I'm sure everyone will love to see those. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm really excited to share it. Uh, it was an older project, so I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. Well, today we are going to be talking about working smarter, not harder in your interdescent business. So to get started, I would love to ask you, what led you to embrace the philosophy of working smarter, not harder in your interdescent business? And what do you think that it was, or maybe if there was at all a turning point? Yeah. So for me, I would say the number one sign was exhaustion, like feeling tired all the time, feeling like I had to work in my business and on my business at all times, 24-7. And it did. It led to burnout. Mm -hmm. I felt, I just felt tired and I was feeling like I couldn't really keep a balance between my business and my personal life. Yeah, I can't actually feel you <laughs> there. I think we, everyone listening to this episode too, probably can like relate to that. And I think that's when we all start. First of all, we start our businesses because of that same reason, probably, or I mean, not just that reason, but one of the reasons, right? And then starting to work smarter, not harder. Same thing. It's like a constant like burnout and you just, I mean, we need to avoid that. <laughs> exactly right it's just especially now like if you think about we're in this age of digital overload right and I hate to sound like a grandma or too old school but <laughs> before like social media I feel like there was less pressure to really constantly pump out content pump out pump out this knowledge base for the public and there's pros and cons of course it increases awareness you're able to connect with people that you otherwise couldn't connect with But again, I do feel like it adds a little bit of pressure, you know, leading to like the point that you were saying, just I'm sure we've all experienced it, you know, just burnout and constantly feeling like we need to work on our business. Yeah. And this is something that we talk in our episode too, the feeling of like we need to be doing something constantly like 24-7 for our business or if not we feel like we are being lazy and that probably has a name i'm pretty sure that if we google it it has to have a name because we all experience it i think <laughs> i agree with you i'm so curious i would love to look that up i'm sure there's a concept for it and then i also feel like that what you said reminded me of this concept of when you get to a certain goal 
you just wash over it and you're like, okay, what's next? You know, and I think sometimes I'm sure you can relate like in entrepreneurship, especially when you own your own business, you tend to be just always thinking about the next thing. And sometimes it's hard to sit and say, I've accomplished something. Like, let me just feel good about this just for even five minutes, you know? (laughs) Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. (laughs) That is something that I was actually talking with my boyfriend yesterday. It's like, sometimes we put so much pressure on ourselves and we don't actually see what we have done. And then when we stop and look back for a second, we have done so much that we should be so proud of ourselves. And we don't really like take the time to be proud of ourselves and like congratulate ourselves too. Exactly. I couldn't agree more. Okay, so I mean, this question is a little bit related to the other one and might sound a little bit repetitive, but why do you believe it is important for interdesigners to focus on efficiency and working smarter? So that's a, a great question. And when I think about this, and I feel like maybe a lot of us can relate interdesign professionals in general, when we think about the term luxury, right, we forget possibly that one of the most valuable luxuries available to us is time. So if we can work more efficiently, you know, even if that means, right, just freeing up one hour of our day, that's seven hours a week and 28 hours a month, right? And like we were talking about earlier, just experiencing burnout, I know a lot of designers who have experienced this and being that part of our job is creative. It's also heavily detail oriented. I'm sure you can relate. It's important for us to just allow ourselves some time to rejuvenate, to rest so we can do our jobs. We can serve our clients the best way that we can and just focus on that balance. Yeah, that is so important. That is so true. And it is a little bit of what I always try to talk in my content and my episodes about just taking care of yourself and giving yourself the time to rest so you can come back as more productive, more creative. But we also talk in another episode of how sometimes we give this advice of being taking the time to rest in order to be more productive and more creative, but then we don't do it ourselves. (laughs) I'm guilty of that. And I mean, it is hard to follow your own advice sometimes because I mean, we are all on in this same cycle of trying to be productive all the time and trying to be the most successful intro designer or business owner all the time. And we always have to be doing something to reach that. And then you tell other people because you see them getting burned out to take the time to rest, but you don't see yourself from outside getting burned out. So maybe you don't even notice that you're getting burned out. So you don't take the time to rest. (laughs) That's so true. And I agree. Like you made such a valid point. Like sometimes it sneaks up on you. You don't even know. It's not that you're doing it on purpose. You're like, hey, body, you know, I'm just going to forget you and just work all the time. But it just sneaks up on you. There are times where I didn't even realize like I was burnt out until I just I would just start sobbing. Like, I would be like, oh my gosh, like what's going on? And then I'd have to take a step back and be like, okay, well, you have been working all the time and you just have a lot on your plate and you need to take some time off. So it wasn't even something that I'm sure, you know, I don't know if you can relate, but it's not something that we always do on purpose. We just, like you said, like we want to be successful. We want to be the best designers and the best business owners that we can. We want to serve our clients really 100%. And we love what we do, but we do take what we 
what we give to our clients and how we present ourselves, all of that, we take it seriously. And so it means a lot to us. Yeah, as you said, no one does it on purpose. No one is like, hey, buddy, I'm going <laughs> to just burn you out and use you until we can't go anymore. <laughs> like, no, absolutely no one does that. I don't think so, at least. It just, as you said, it, you just don't realize and it happens. And then you realize when either someone is constantly telling you to take a break or when you get to the point where you are sober now that you start getting maybe anxiety attacks or panic attacks, or maybe you just can't like stand anyone because you get very annoyed with everyone when you are getting burned out too. <laughs> That's true too. Yes. Yep. I agree. And then just feeling like this concept of it, you know, like no one really does it on purpose and it just sneaks up on us. And then it's, you're in that place where it's better to prevent it than to be in it and then try to fix it. Yeah, absolutely. Always, always is better to try and prevent it than just have to be in it and find a solution because then it's harder. And since we are talking about working smarter, not harder, in that case, it applies to <laughs> and just hand to hand with that do you recall a moment when you like realized like a very specific moment when you realized that you needed to shift your approach from working harder to working smarter you know i would say for me i realized that time management was not my top skill And so this was the moment I realized I need to do something. I need to change something before I completely drive myself nuts. <laughs> so I started using a CRM. That was probably one of the first ways that I started really managing my time a little bit more better. And so I used Dubsado and I'm grateful for how much more organized it's made me as a business owner. I truly appreciate that program. But yeah, it was just really a lack of time management and just feeling crazy every day and just being like, oh my gosh, well, I have this to do and then this to do. And so it was just not a good use of my time and energy. Yeah. And that happens to many designers too. So you are saying that one of the initial changes you did was starting to use this CRM program, Dubsado. Was there any other initial changes or like first steps you took to implement this mindset shift? Yeah. So I will say probably, you know, keeping a schedule for myself and also creating a design process that's repeatable. So even if it's small changes, I know initially one of the first things I implemented was email templates in my CRM and they are all organized by number. So in the inquiry phase, I have emails that I send out and you know they might be labeled like 1A, 1B, 1C. So instead of rewriting an email every time you know inquiry comes my way, I'm just typing in 1B pulling up that email and with Dosado, you don't have to write the client's information. Once it's in their profile, you can place this code into the email. So it, it just pops up their name. And so again, such a small thing, right? Emails, but emails take up so much God, you know, so much time. Goodness gracious. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that is so true. Isn't it? So that was Again, just such a simple change, but so profound and just started. I know one of your questions was just mindset, just starting to think in terms of stop reinventing the wheel and 
start creating repeatable processes for every client and every project. So another small example was I created a welcome packet. It has all my office hours and my policies and creating like video how-tos for any software, even, you know, the client's portal in Dubsado. I have a little video I send to clients of, hey, you know, here's how to use your portal. So they're not going into this or we're not being swallowed by this email back and forth. You know, I'm just sending them the video, like here's how to use your portal. And, you know, honestly, I don't think I've had one question come up yet after I send the video. That is genius. I am actually writing down this video idea. I am not joking. I'm <laughs> writing this down because this is such a great idea. I mean, I have a welcome packet too, but everything is written down. And I feel like many people just go through it without reading everything. But your idea with the videos, that is amazing because it is, first of all, it's more attractive to the eye, right? And then they can just listen to it while maybe they're like doing something at the same time and well some parts obviously they might need to pay like full attention to the video but it's not like reading that you need to sit and pay full attention to that the whole time you're reading it's easier right exactly exactly so you know it's just like you said it's just easier and we, we're in this Again, we're in this age of digital overload, you know, TikTok and things, they're presenting this information to us at rapid speed. And you're right, you know, sometimes people just don't want to read. It's easier to watch a video. <laughs> yeah. And something I learned as a business owner is that we have to make everything easier for our clients. Our job is to make our clients' experience super, super easy. And so everything like this that makes their experience and everything they do just like a breeze that is going to be something that has, it just adds a little bit of like luxury to your business. It does. Yeah, I completely agree. I think that term of like luxury and just ease and trust and confidence when your client experience is better, your clients are happier. And then again, I always say, you know, you're not driving yourself completely nuts. <laughs> so. Yeah, that's true. And you're not explaining the same over and over and over again. <laughs> exactly. What, like, what are some other things that have helped you as far as like your client experience? And ha have you seen like a change in once you implemented those pieces, like your clients were just happier? Yes, absolutely. And I mean, I'm constantly making changes in like not the structure, but the processes I have in my business and not making changes, meaning like making big changes. But my business and like the behind the scenes is always growing as I grow and as my business grows and it's adapting to my clients and what my clients need and their preferences. So each little change, even being maybe instead like one of the last changes we did for our clients is in the rendering package, instead of including one only image per room, now we are providing three images per room for the rendering packages. So this is like maybe a small change that might seem as not that important, but many designers see that as super important and they need it for their projects. And so by adapting this kind of stuff to how our clients need us to work for them, and with that, I don't mean like changing the whole business structure, but 
this kind of things. It just creates such a better client experience for them, a relationship between the both of us. It also builds trust because it means that we are listening to what they need. It makes everything so much better for everyone when we implement stuff that makes just their life easier. I agree for sure. It just makes their life easier. And then, you know, like that, the concept of giving them steps of like what to expect versus them having questions, like setting them up for success. And again, having everything streamlined. Yeah, absolutely. And at the beginning of my business, I didn't have the welcome packet. And there was always a back and forward on emails of like, okay, so what do we do now about this? What do we do now about the other? Or maybe they were emailing me after the hours I work, on days I don't work. And then I started using this. And even though I still know that my clients don't read to the whole welcome packet. So if any of my clients is listening to this, I know you didn't read the whole thing. (laughs) (laughs) Well, even though I know that they don't read the whole thing, they still know the basics they need to know. And so also reinforces my boundaries. It makes their expectations way more clear. It makes the whole process just so much easier. Yes, the boundaries are crucial, you know, for both, for you and the client, having those boundaries set up. I feel like it just leads to a more positive interaction and you're happier when you're serving your clients when they're not constantly. And again, it's not that they doing this to be negative or to upset you. Sometimes they just don't know. So providing that information just helps. Yeah, no, absolutely. No one is not reading it just to be like, oh, I don't care about this. (laughs) It's just uh, sometimes maybe they don't even have the time to go through the whole thing. So they just go quick. And I mean, if I actually put myself in their place when I hire services, sometimes I don't even go through the whole document either or like actually read each part. So I'm guilty of that too as a client. (laughs) (laughs) For sure. I don't know if we already answered this one or not, but I would go ahead and ask you, what strategies do you adopt to streamline your interior design workflow and maximize your productivity? So there's probably about three to four things with this. Number one, I took a 10-week business training with Katie McFarlane at Dakota Design Company. And she is brilliant. I highly recommend this course to any design professional out there. But what I took from that course and what I've taken from being in business about almost three years now is that scheduling is very important. So number one, I only do certain things on certain days. So I have marketing Mondays now. I only take virtual design appointments on Thursdays. I limit my times and days for discovery calls and new inquiries, it's completely on the same day at the same time every week. So I'm not opening up a whole day for discovery calls and then trying to accommodate clients that way, just setting a guaranteed slot. So essentially really scheduling correctly and planning my time was one of the best ways I was able to work smarter in my business versus not being efficient. And then number two, emails, we talked about using Dubsado's automation features with emails. So some things just go out automatically and they're set that way. And then the last piece is, again, really thinking in terms of how to organize my processes. So 
using Asana for my design processes, making sure that I've mapped out the client pathway from the start of a project to the end. And I'm just checking things off as I go. So I don't miss anything. I'm holding myself accountable. And again, the goal is just not to reinvent the wheel every time. Yeah. And I love the first part, what you mentioned about like the, for example, marketing Mondays or stuff like that. I started doing it too when I went to this coaching program and it just made my weeks and days so much easier and also my mind so much organized because normally I just had like a long to-do list, like writing on paper that I was just like crossing stuff that I already did and like running new stuff. But with this strategy, it's just so much easier to keep track of everything I'm doing, everything I have to do, and to not have the feeling that you're about to forget to do something. Like I do Wednesdays for podcast recording, like we are doing today. I do Fridays for schoolwork because I'm still in chair design school. So I take that day to do everything I need to do for next week. I do Thursdays for content creation. And it's just so much organized in my life, my calendar, <laughs> my weeks, my days, everything. It's just so, so much easier. I agree. I'm so happy you're doing that too. And it sounds like it's really benefited you. So that's amazing. Yeah, and I think everyone should be doing it. And I haven't thought about using it for what you were saying of like the discovery calls and getting on another kind of calls with clients on specific days, specific time. And I will actually start implementing that. I don't really know why I didn't think about that too, because if I apply for everything else and it has been working, I don't know. I just think that is very, very genius. It's funny, right, how that works, that the little things, it's the simple things that you implement that make this huge positive impact in your day-to-day -day and in your business. So it's definitely helped me too. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Okay. So we were talking about tactics and tools that made like a big difference in our efficiency. So let's talk a little bit about balancing efficiency and quality. So my next question is, what is next is I was going to say balancing efficiency with maintaining the quality of your interior design work is key. So how do you manage to keep this balance between efficiency and the quality of your interior design work? I would say for me, it is lists. I'm a list person. I use a digital planner. It's called Opus. And my life is in that planner. I kid you not. I mean, I color coordinate all my goals and tasks on a daily basis. And then I group like tasks together. So for example, I have a group called Be a Successful Entrepreneur. And then my daily tasks and my master goals and my master tasks are linked back to that. And they're color coordinated to blue. And then I have another one that says focus on my health. So Really, when it comes to balancing the quality, I think that's an automatic result when you're organized as a creative, you're organized as a business owner, as an interior design professional, you're going to level up your efficiency. And when you're not burnt out and tired and you're able to accomplish what you need to accomplish in a set amount of parameters, you're really going to deliver the best work because you're feeling good, right? It, a lot of it, it comes down just to feeling good and feeling like you have a handle on the things that you need to get done every day and you're, you're feeling excited and creative and energetic. 
Yeah, I couldn't agree more with that. And I love that you have like all your life in your planner because I have my whole <laughs> life in my Google Calendar. <laughs> everything <laughs> I do, I need to do or whatever, everything is there. If it is not there, I probably forget to do it. <laughs> <laughs> I am the same way. I'm just like you. <laughs> That is so funny. And at the same time, sometimes I'm like, what would I do if someday I don't have Google Calendar? Like, I need to start training <laughs> my mind somehow, I guess. <laughs> it's funny you said that because I've asked myself that too. I'm like, what would happen if something happened to Opus? But I just like, I mean, I have so many backups of my digital planner and I store my backups in Google Drive and on my iCloud. So I'm like, it's fail safe, you know? <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh, oh my God. But it, it, that, that little fear, <laughs> it is always there. Yeah. Like, I totally, totally get valid. it. <laughs> yes. My next question was going to be about an example where working smarter made your efficiency and quality of work to be better. But I think we just answered that with this last question too. Is there anything else that we didn't mention that you think that helped you focus on working smarter and at the same time enhance both efficiency and quality of your work? When I think about this overall, I think that sometimes we're in this culture of being on the grind and being on the hustle. And like you said, I think you had mentioned earlier, just constantly feeling like if you're not working, you're lazy. And so I'm not saying that I'm not an advocate of hard work, but I am a bigger advocate of finding efficiency, finding loopholes in your processes that can be fixed. Again, a huge lesson I learned in my business training was looking at my systems and my day-to-day -day from a bird's eye view and thinking in terms of, you know, what are things that I repeat every week or every day or with every client project? How can I automate those processes and save time? And then in this whole thing, it sounds kind of maybe a little bit cliche and a little bit too emotional, but keeping yourself happy, keeping a positive mindset, you know, when you're feeling good and you're finding ways to support your mental health, your business health, you're going to feel more confident as a business owner and as an interior design professional. And then for me, I know when I'm optimistic and I'm productive and I'm focusing on efficiency and not just constantly like that, again, that grind culture of like, I need to constantly be doing something. I feel better and I, I have more motivation. And so truly that can be one of the best things that you can do for yourself. That is so true. And that is something that I always like to mention. And something else that I wanted to say is that exactly what you said too, I also support the working hard, like the hard workers, but I rather finding strategic ways where we can achieve the same without getting burned out. And with that, I would like to say that at the same time, if you're looking for ways to work smarter, not harder, that means that you're already working hard. So it doesn't make you lazy. And I say this because maybe some people might feel like they have to work hard because if not, they are lazy or they're not doing enough for their business and all the things that we were talking earlier too. And I just want to say to all of those people, you are already working hard. So finding the way to work smarter is not being lazy or giving up or not doing enough. It's actually giving yourself the care you need 
need to give yourself. This also sounds cliche. <laughs> yes, I couldn't agree more. I feel like you make a very valid point and really sometimes that whole compare and despair game looking at what other people are doing or you have no idea what their lives are about, how they got to where they are, what their day to day is, if they had help, you just don't know really. And social media makes that really hard. You're presented with this perfect picture, perfect designer or process or photos. And again, everyone's journey is just different. And I think it's important to be kind to yourself and be happy for the professionals who are doing well in your industry. But to also really, what you talked about, keeping boundaries, not just with you and your clients, but the boundaries you keep from what you're seeing in the industry, either with maybe designers you look up to or social media, just keeping boundaries and knowing that prioritizing work is important, but prioritizing rest is important and balancing both and just reinvesting in yourself and into your business and getting the right training, the mentorship in the areas that you need the most help in and just not giving up. <laughs> yeah, I completely agree with that. And just with that in mind, what advice will you offer other interior designers who want to work smarter and enhance their business efficiency? I would say really break down your business from that bird's eye view and study the past data from your clients. So that was something I had to do. I had to really take a deeper dive into every client project and see and really just assess it. Like what could have gone better? What didn't go well? Or again, what are some loopholes that I can close up? And like you had mentioned, you had a really good point is with every project, with everything that you learn, you know, you fine tune your process, you go back and you make it even better and better and better. And so just finding some joy in that, finding joy in genuinely wanting to be a better interior designer, genuinely wanting to serve your clients at your very best, because I know this for a fact, we all, it being in the interior design industry, we all want what's best for our clients. Truly, we want to see our clients happy. And unfortunately, sometimes running a business and catering to our clients' needs, it can get tricky. And so just really taking an honest look at your previous data, seeing what you need help with. And if you have the ability to invest, like invest in a coach that's specific to the problem that you're experiencing, invest in training. Don't go to generalist. I'm definitely not a believer in going to a generalist. I think you need to go to a specialist. So for me, Katie McFarlane was a business consultant that just works with interior designers. And so maybe if you're experiencing an issue or a loophole with your marketing, target someone who focuses on interior design marketing, just um, really seeking the help you need. Don't be afraid to seek the help that you need. And again, at the very end of the day, just be kind to yourself. <laughs> that is an amazing advice. And I completely agree with everything, but mostly the look for someone who specializes in what you're needing right now, which might not be the same that you will need in, I don't know, six months, because those people are the people that are going to be able to help you the most and to push you forward and give you the right tools for that specific need. And maybe in six months, you will need to, I don't know, start a new one and go to another kind of like specialist. And that is 
okay too. <laughs> As we mentioned at the beginning of the episode too, we are always growing our business and ourselves too. So it is more than normal that we will need, I don't know, a counseling from coach or anyone who is a specialist and whatever you're needing help in. Exactly. Yes. That's so important. So with this in mind, and since we were talking a little bit about the journey and how we are always growing, how has the work smarter, not harder approach impacted your journey towards your dream life as an interior designer? For me, I am South Asian and it's tough, you know. I've always grown up around the mindset that you need to work hard, hard, hard. Like I had an uncle in my family who would make fun of us when we even said we were tired. He'd be like, you're tired. Why are you tired? Tired, tired. Like he would, he would make fun of us. I still remember this joke. I'm, and I mean, he had good intentions, right? He always wanted what was best for us and wanted us to reach our full potential. But With that said, in the South Asian culture, in the beginning, it was hard for me. You know, it felt like if I wasn't working at my 110% capacity all the time, if I wasn't achieving a certain financial goal, a certain lifestyle goal, that I wasn't successful. And so I had to take a step back and just look at my achievements, even the small ones, and think about in terms of my efficiency is growing. My processes are getting better. Clients are writing me more positive reviews. Like these are all positive changes in, in me really taking a deep dive into working more productively and in a way that benefits me and who I am as a person, because we're all different as each business owner. We all come with different family backgrounds and personalities and work ethics. You know, some people do their best work at seven in the morning. Some people are night owls, you know, whatever the case may be. So I just think part of working efficiently is taking a deep dive into who you are and how you work, not comparing yourself to other people was a huge learning point for me. And with that said, how does that help me achieve my dream life? It gives me more peace. I think it's, again, such a simple thing, but when I'm feeling more aligned with the work that I'm doing and the way that I'm showing up every day, I feel more inner peace. And when I feel peace, things around me feel better. And I think that is the start of a dream life. I never started my business for money. I started it for time. And so being able to set my own schedule to live a life that feels aligned in alignment with me and my goals and my values, I think that's a beautiful life. <laughs> Yeah. And I love that because I feel like many intro designers started their business because of the same reason. So I think this little piece of advice or maybe piece of experience will resonate a lot with other intro designers. And I think it will help them to, if they haven't realized what they need to do as their next step to reach their dream life, or maybe just Twitch a little bit in their day-to-day -day and make their lives better. <laughs> yes, I couldn't agree more. You make such a great point. And it's, it's important that we all talk about these things. So, yeah. So we are getting to the end and I would love to know, is there any specific moment where working smarter played a role in realizing a part of your dream life? We talked a little bit about how the work smarter, not harder impacted towards the journey to your dream life and a little bit about what your dream life was. So as we wrap up, 
What is the next exciting step in your journey of working smarter or harder in your interests and business? So one thing I'm really excited about is on Friday, I have a, a call with a branding um, specialist and she's helping me revamp my branding. And I truly am so eager to talk to her and get this process started because your branding is really you showing your personality and who you are as a business online. It means everything. Having that online presence that really is true to you and it also helps you identify and target your ideal clients and your target audience. So that's the next step for me is getting my branding done, my branding photo shoot redone. My current photos are old. I don't really look like that anymore. And it, uh, <laughs> it was my first time doing branding. So I didn't really know how to plan for it. But this time I'm much more tuned in. So just working on my business, investing in in parts of my business that make me feel happy and bring me joy is probably the next step. I love that, that you just said, because I completely agree. I think branding is so, so important. And I also, I'm like trying to get like a rebranding, not a full rebranding, but just making the logo a little bit more like me and adjusting a couple of stuff. And it's such an exciting thing. I just love the branding. And I also relate to the photos too. <laughs> Some of the pictures I have on my website, they are pretty old. Well, not pretty old. They're like a year old, but I didn't look like that because then I started dyeing my hair and then I cut my hair. So I don't know. It's like, I feel it's so important to have a full branding package that actually reflects you. And that might be also changing in time sometimes during your full career. And I mean, I don't want anyone to get me wrong. That doesn't mean that you're going to change, I don't know, your logo, your colors all the time. It's just like little details that we can adjust all the time. And it's such an exciting part. It's so much fun. Isn't it so satisfying? Like... <laughs> I love it. Goodness. I know. I it's like, so I get much. my, like any stationery, like with my new, like branding or I'm not doing like a full brand. Well, I did some updates on my own, but like I am getting a new logo and like new topography and color palette. So I'm, it is, it's just so exciting. It's one of the fun parts about being a business owner. <laughs> Yeah, it's like the part that we always want to do when we are starting the business is like the first thing we do, even though we shouldn't, <laughs> because it's so much fun. It is. It's like one of those few things that you can do for yourself, you know, just for the the wellness of your business. But it's just something nice that feels good. Yeah, that is so true. And also getting someone who is an expert on that is very, very important. Yes, yes. Okay, so we got to the end of this episode. Is there any final thoughts or maybe some words of encouragement for interior designers who are super excited to start in adopting this mindset and to make a their business more efficient? No, I feel like we covered everything and I'm so appreciative of you having me as a guest and you're fantastic and the work that you do is so valuable and I wish you continued success in your business as well. 
Thank you so much. I really appreciate you saying that. And I think you are already an amazing intro designer and you are going to do amazing stuff. I love the way that you handle all the behind the scenes. And I think you have an amazing mindset for it. So I'm super, super excited to see how your journey goes. Oh, thank you. I appreciate that. Well, thank you so much for taking the time today and everyone listening to this episode. Thank you for listening all the way to the end. And I hope I have you with me next week too. Thank you for listening to Sur Studio Podcast. We love to have in our community. Let's be friends on social media. You can find us on Instagram at surstudio.id or check out our website at surstudiointeriordesign.com. This was Priscilla from Sur Studio and I look forward to have you on our next episode.